0: through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Before we get started, just a public service announcement that today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information, You can listen to their audiobooks whenever and whenever you want, and get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at www.audiobooksblackhistory.com. That's www.audiobooksblackhistory.com. Good evening, and welcome to The Gist of Freedom. I'm Lloyd Paul. As you all know, all of our listeners, we have had a very rich heritage here at The Gist of Freedom. With promoting education, we believe that it is important in order for you to know where we are going as a people, that you understand where we have come from. And very oftentimes, we find that there is a lot of either misinformation or no information that is being presented out there in the community as it relates to African American culture and history. Many of those issues are actually very prominent in the news at the current time. So what we decided to do for this edition of The Gist of Freedom is to go through a few stories and a few headlines that you may or may not be aware of. And some of you who are aware of some of the topics that I will touch upon, you may not know to what extent. Uh, the information that has been presented has been accurate or inaccurate. So we are going to set the record straight tonight on some top stories that we think are important for you to be aware of. The first topic that we're going to talk about is, of course, within Ferguson, Missouri. As you all know, uh, there is a big case of Michael Brown who was shot by police officer Darren Wilson uh, in that state. And we think it's important for you to know some information about what has been happening there. First, we want you to know that Michael Brown's killer cop worked at a disgraced police department. It was sued many times for police brutality, and it actually shut down. The county had to step in and take over. Um, there is a a slew of articles on the incident that speak to this particular issue. They go on to say that there were several complaints and lawsuits that were piling up against the unnecessary force. The city council voted 6-1 to one to close that police department and have the St. Louis County run its policing. The city council concluded that force had been discredited within the local population and dismissed every officer from the police force. There was a fundamental disconnect between the police force and the community that they were supposed to be protecting, according to this report from the city council. The city council member, one of them, Rodney Epps, told the Washington Post, quote, that the straw that broke the camel's back was an incident in which an officer shot a woman who had been stopped for a traffic violation. They go on to talk about other instances uh, in which this individual or the police department activities had acted inappropriately. Uh, Darren Wilson, the officer that is named in the Michael Brown case, was a rookie cop in Jennings, Missouri. The small city had a majority of black citizens and an almost completely white police force. The entire department was dismissed amidst allegations of racial prejudice. So, you know, it's important for us to know the chronological order uh, of what has happened here. Wilson, as you know, shot Michael Brown, 18 years old, six times on August 9th. There had been mass protests and demonstrations in Ferguson and around the country uh, since then. There was a recent one just in Staten Island uh, on Saturday yesterday, which was led prominently uh, amongst other leaders by the Reverend Al Sharpton uh, to protest what was happening in Ferguson, Missouri, and, of course, with all the other instances of racial profiling around um, the country. We wanted to bring you this particular story because we felt that it was important for you to know Uh, some of the background and some of the backlash that had been faced in this particular case. There has been question about demilitarization of police officers. Um, There are members of the congressional uh, delegation, the United States Congressional Black Caucus, two of them that I know of, uh, Hakeem Jeffries uh, from Brooklyn, New York, and Gregory Meeks from Queens, that talked about the demilitarization us police officers and police forces around the country. So I think this Michael Brown case, although we have had other cases of police brutality in the past, this is really going to start to become uh, one of the uh, hotbeds for discussions about how we deal with policing in the United States of America. Uh, To what extent uh, should police officers be armed when going out into communities and what other forms of uh, means for police officers to protect themselves will be available, whether stun guns will be used uh, or whether guns will be taken away. This is really the catalyst for the national discussion on policing um, in the United States of America. Um, So that's just one case that we wanted to highlight uh, and bring to your attention um, because it, it is absolutely... Important. Uh, the next case that we want to bring to your attention um, is the case regarding Marcus Garvey. Uh, Marcus Garvey decided to bring his organization to Harlem while visiting Booker T. Washington, and he learned about the Missouri Massacre. Um, this was a, a pivotal case in African American history where 100 blacks were clubbed, shot, and burned to death. For those of you who are not familiar with the case, there is a famous article, a headline from the St. Louis um, Globe Democrat. Uh, It may be available on the Internet. I'm not sure how widely disseminated uh, it is or whether or not you would have to go into your local library to search for that article. But if you're able, of this article, in 1917, there was a speech. Marcus Garvey in July, uh, when he talked about this particular case. Um, he said that it would go down in history of one of the bloodiest outrages against mankind for which any class of people could be held guilty. Um, this is uh, especially important because a lot of people don't know about the Missouri Massacre. Uh, and for those of you who don't, we encourage you to be on top of this uh, and include it into your daily routine of African-American history gathering. That cover that I just talked to you about says in very bold letters, 100 Negroes shot, burned, clubbed to death in East St. Louis race war. Uh, And so if you can Google in that Missouri massacre, you'll be able to find information. We want you to be aware of this story as it pertains to African-American history. Um, Moving on to the next story is about Markham X's father, uh, Pastor um, Earl Little. We want you to know that he petitions for Marcus Garvey's release from jail. A lot of you may not know this fact about Markham X's father. Um, Maybe you would know. uh, It's been well-documented that Markham X's parents were Garveyites. Both his mother and his father were supporters of Marcus Garvey, where they lived. After that petition that Earl Little petitioned on behalf of Marcus Garvey, he was freed within four months. We all know about Markham X's contribution to the Civil Rights Movement, uh, the Black is Beautiful Movement, his, his transition from civil rights to human rights. Um, we want you to know that he went beyond country, religion, and race to fight for human rights and his people. Uh, and so if you do a little bit of research and history on what his father Earl Little did, um, you can see uh, part of the letter that was sent to President Calvin Coolidge at that time. And I, I will read a part of it now for you to know what it states. It says, Honorable Sir, this is a letter that Earl Little, Malcolm X's father, wrote to President Calvin Coolidge. We, the officers and members of the International Industrial Club of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and County of Milwaukee, do send you the following petition on behalf of Marcus Garvey, founder and president of the Universal Negro Improvement Association, who is now confined in the penitentiary at Atlanta, Georgia. We now humbly petition your excellency in the name of the God who created all men to dwell upon the face of the earth consider our request. About the power vested in you, you release Marcus Garvey from the five-year sentence without deportation, which shall be your priceless gift to the Negro people of the world, thus causing your name to be honored with generations yet unborn. Your petitioners in duty ever pray. That was a letter from a letter who was the president uh, of the International Industrial Club of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to President Calvin Coolidge to ask for the release of Marcus. Garvey. Um, so this is a very important uh, part of African American history. As you know, Garvey arrived in America at the dawn of the new Negro era. Um, this, um, going way back, um, he was born in August of 1887 in St. Anne's Bay Jamaica. He left school at 14, worked as a printer, joined the Jamaican naturalist organizations toured Central America. Uh, it's very important to recognize his contributions, we not too long ago had a descendant of Marcus Garvey come on our program to talk about Marcus Garvey's movement uh, in liberation of African Americans uh, and some of the plight that he endured as he tried to free uh, and talk about the freeing of African Americans across the globe. So just a little bit of more history for you from the gist of freedom. The next story that we want to bring to your attention is about John Hope Franklin, uh, he discovered the speech by abolitionists. This is very important to note. He discovered the speech by abolitionists, Thaddeus Stevens, in the 14th Amendment case that was argued by Thurgood Marshall. This was the Brown versus Topeka, Kansas case. Their reference to Stevens' speech helped Thurgood Marshall win the Supreme Court decision of Brown versus Topeka, Kansas. That speech that Thurgood Marshall used to argue his defense was in large part due to information that was recovered by John Hope Franklin. It's very important uh, that you all know about the information that is regarding in the Brown versus uh, uh, Topeka, Kansas case. We want you to know this because not a lot of people know that one of the major arguments that were found in that case that helps win the case was by John Hope Franklin. Uh, and so for those of you who do not know, uh, we want you to understand uh, that information. Another piece of information, after the Tulsa massacre, Black Wall Street, the great historian that we just talked about, John Hope Franklin's father, the amazing civil rights attorney, Buck Franklin, successfully sued Tulsa, Oklahoma for reparations, and the residents were able to rebuild from that. It's very important to talk about reparations because a lot of people still think that reparations is not something that is possible, but it's important to note that there are instances where we can draw on some history where it has actually worked and it has been successful, like in the case... So this is stuff that we want you to be aware of, uh, because in order to know where we're going, we want you to know where we've been. And in order to know where we've been, if it's not going to be taught in your history books, the Gist of Freedom wants to make sure that that information is readily available to you. Um, Just an editorial point on my behalf, uh, I referred to Darren Wilson, uh, as a killer cop in the Michael Brown case, he has not been convicted yet, although a grand jury has been convened, uh, and so all of the charges are alleged in that case. I want to make sure that I make that editorial note on my behalf. As you all know, that Ilyasa Shabazz, who is one of the daughters of Michael Mecks and Dr. Betty Shabazz, the friend to Biggest to Freedom blog talk radio show, she has a book out. The Boy Who Grew Up to Be Malcolm X. I want us to plug that book because we have a wonderful relationship with her uh, and The Gist of Freedom. And so for everyone who wants to find out more information about Malcolm X, his childhood, and how he grew up to become the civilized icon that he is, we want you to check out her book, The Boy Who Grew Up to Be Malcolm X. She also is working on another book that will be released shortly. Uh, and, of course, she is the author of Growing Up Acts, which talks about her life, growing up as the child, uh, or as one of the children of Master Max and Dr. Betty Shabazz. Like always, we really want to encourage everyone to be advocates for information. It is extremely important that you understand where you are going. For those of you guys who are very studious, we want to recap the top stories that we mentioned to you in today's broadcast. The Michael Brown case. We want you to research and be aware of the information regarding the police department that the alleged killer in that case, Darren Wilson, that police officer, researched with the police department that he came from, where the county took over. Research the Tulsa Massacre, uh, Black Wall Street, John Hope Franklin, Buck. Franklin, reparations in that case, Marcus Garvey, um, the fact that he had a letter written by Malcolm X's father, Pastor Earl Little, to petition his release from jail, read up on that information. We want you to know about John Hope Franklin and his involvement in the Brown v. Topeka, Kansas case that helped Thurgood Marshall win that case. And lastly, of course, uh, the East Missouri Massacre. Read up on that information. And for those of you who just tuned in, Ilya Asher Shabazz, who is one of the daughters of Malcolm X and Dr. Betty Shabazz, has a book out, the boy who grew up to be Malcolm X. We want you to go out and support her. She is a great friend to the Gist of Freedom. She has another book coming out, which we will probably promote, when more information is released about it. And we want you to be on the lookout for her noted book, Growing Up X, in which she talks about her life growing up as the one of the children of Malcolm X and Dr. British Shabazz. This show is sponsored by Audible.com, one of the leading providers in audio books and entertainment in the world. You can listen to them in any way that you choose, including to how you're listening to this program tonight. You can get a free Thursday try when you sign up for audible.com at www.audiobooksblackhistory.com, www.audiobooksblackhistory.com. For all of us at The Justice of Freedom, I thank you so much for tuning in to our broadcast tonight. It means a lot that we are able to share with you a bit of history, our history, so that all of us can be more enriched and empowered as we move towards in our daily lives. We want you to be knowledgeable and empowered. We want you to take this information and walk taller with your shoulders and your head held up high because now you have more information that you can go and do some more research on. And please do go and do more research. Do not take our word as golden. We want you to be authors and finishers of your own information. So go and research it. You may find out something that we did not include in this broadcast. More knowledge, more power, the more you know, the better you will do. Thank you so much. Good night. Thank you for faith.